I, I feel privileged that I got to go to Bob's church just a moment ago, and I've got to tell you, it's going off out there. <laughs> there is kids everywhere, and uh, for those of you who didn't get to see it, it's amazing. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to put this over here. Um, it's fantastic. And um, I'm also th- thinking this morning, I haven't done a lot of bike riding in the last uh, few years, I guess, really, but I, I went for a ride yesterday, I went for a race, and I find after a race, after exercise, my blood flows so much faster and, uh, or something and my body temperature skyrockets and I'm just thinking, it is so hot in here but you all look fine. So that's good, fantastic, awesome. <laughs> well, uh, this morning we're going to continue our series looking at the secret place. Where did I put my clicker? Um, looking at the secret place, unlocking and shedding light in the innermost places. And if you missed the first message, you can grab a CD, you can uh, download it or on the podcast or through the website. And also, we've got some little flyers there. That I actually pray and hope that we individually are all looking for people we can invite to church. And there's like a little invitation that lets them know we're doing a series called The Secret Place. Uh, we invite you to come and join us as we discover together God's desire for us to let the light in. Um, Please grab some of them if you've got someone that you're thinking of. I'd, I'd love to just invite them along to, to hear what we're doing and, and hear the gospel. Um, please do that. Uh, the first week we looked at, we, we're called to care and not compare. That was actually a much better tagline than I used the week we did it, but we're called to care and not compare. And uh, God help us to do that, to be people who care for one another. It says, let the godly care for one another. <clears throat> Last week... Mike did a great job speaking up here and uh, we were up in Mansfield and uh, we had a great time up in Mansfield with the the CRC church up there and uh, just spending some time with the family and and really sharing with them. They're um, a little bit isolated from other places, I guess, but uh, we had a great time with them and the family and ministering in the church. I think I put a photo, there's a picture, that's the only picture I took. I'm like, oh, that was a bit poor, sorry guys, but uh, there's, there's church happening in Mansfield last week, Lord bless Mansfield. And uh, we had a, a great time up there as well. We just had a little trip up to the snow. I think it was only 20 minutes away. Um, but uh, on the way back from Mansfield, um, we were using our GPS in the car and we, we're driving along. And uh, you know that moment you get to and you, you, you're driving and you're thinking, this just doesn't seem quite like it should. <laughs> so we drove up and we're driving back the same way we drove up but there's something here that just doesn't seem quite right. You know that moment you're thinking, should I pull over? Do I trust my GPS or do I just keep going? Um, and we decided to pull over. We decided to stop and reassess where we were headed. Nathaniel says to us, hey, Dad, why have you stopped? And I was like, come on, come on, this is a long drive, get going. Um, but this morning, I actually want us to do almost like we did on that trip home from Mansfield and just to stop, to, to reassess the direction we're going, to reassess the journey we're on, where we want to get to, and the, the, the road we're taking. Is the road we're taking the way to the destination we want to end up at? I wonder, on our, on our dying day, what will we wish we'd said? What will we wish that we'd done? As, as we're taking our dying breaths, what will the things be that are on our hearts saying, oh, I'm just so thankful that I, 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 I took that step I went down that path, I took that journey, I trusted God. What are those things that we wish we might think on, in that dying moment of our lives? And then we're all going to die one day, unless Jesus comes back first. 
This morning I want to ask the question, what message do we want our lives to speak? Every life speaks a message, whether it's by your action or by your inaction, but what message do you want your life to speak? I wonder in our heart, in the, in the deepest part of our heart, what's the longing of our heart? I remember when I was about 18 years old, I, um, through, when I was working with Youth for Christ, I, I had a, a guy who was mentoring me and we sat down and we did this little assignment kind of a thing and it was, it was like a, a tournament of all my desires. Is all our delight truly in God? Is all our desires truly in Him? God knows the secret place of our heart. He knows the, the, the hidden desires. He knows the things that we say, but He knows the things that we think and feel in the deepest part of our heart. And my prayer this morning is that God will bring clarity to the direction He wants for our life, that we will have a, a greater sense of, of enthusiasm and excitement for what God is calling us to and to be in this world. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, I thank you for just the simple joys we have day by day, Lord. I just think of walking here this morning, Lord, and just being able to enjoy green grass and little bits of sunshine here and there. Lord, I thank you for opportunities to come together as your church. Help us to be people who care for one another and not compare. Lord, I pray today that you would minister to our hearts, the deepest part of us, Lord, that our desires would be your desires, that, God, you would clarify the direction you're wanting us to go in this life, and that, Lord, we would trust you, that we would step forward in those things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles there, we're going to continue to look at the book of Galatians this morning. Um, we started at the end, and today we're jumping back to the start of Galatians chapter 1. And I think I've got to hand that over to you, Charlie. I can't press on that one. Thank you. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians is a great book. Um, hear the pages flicking. I'll be kind and patient. It's the fruit of the Spirit working in me. <laughs> Yeah, that's my patience ended. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. It's really distracting when you use your iPad and it tells you that the women's 100-meter sprint final just popped up on my screen. <laughs> I do enjoy watching the Olympics. I haven't seen a lot, but... <laughs> that was really distracting. Lord, let those things 
be gone. <laughs> I think that's this afternoon, in case you're wondering. Just uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We saw the 100 meter final in Sydney. It was great. Anyway, <laughs> where was I up to? Verse 8, thank you. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or any, even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. If I receive my message, I, I receive my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in zeal for the tr tradition of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to, to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away to Arabia and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I de declare before God that what I'm writing to you is not a lie. After that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Sicilia, and still the churches in Christ in, are in, that are in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was what the people were saying. The one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. Now, I love that line. I love that verse. They praised God because of me. If we can flick over to the PowerPoint, Charlie. Thanks. They praised God because of me. It doesn't say they praised God for me, but because of Paul's life, they praised God. They, they worshipped God because of him. It says they didn't know him. They didn't, they didn't know him personally, but they'd heard about Paul's life. They'd heard people talking about him. They've, they've heard how he used to persecute them, but now he's, he's preaching the very gospel he used to persecute. And our lives always say something. People around us know us whether they know us or not. They know something about us, whether they know us personally or not. And we've probably all had challenges at times in our lives of when people have known us or known about us or heard something about us that maybe was true or maybe it wasn't true. Maybe there was some rumour about you in, in, in school that it, it, it was devastating to you, that people thought they knew you, but what they thought they knew was a lie. Or maybe it was a truthful thing, or maybe it was a great thing that actually was a little bit exaggerated. But our lives always speak something. You know, Jesus had this issue in Matthew 13, Mark 6, Luke 4. We read that the people saw and heard Jesus, and they began to make their conclusion. They, be, they, they, they spoke about him, they talked about him. And some of them said, isn't, isn't this Mary's boy? Like, isn't he just 
Jesus, like Mary's boy that grew up just down the road there, and, and says some of them scoffed. They said, that's just Jesus. What's he on about? Who does he think he is? And says so some of them took offense. And some of them said, oh, he's just the carpenter's son. He's got to get over himself. Like, he's just one of us. In, uh, oh, thank you. In Matthew 13, verse 57, 58, it says, and they were deeply offended, speaking of those who were seeing Jesus and, and making their own interpretation. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. I wonder how would we have responded if we were there with Jesus, if Jesus had grown up down the street from us? Would we have been one that said, ah, that's just Jesus, what's he on about? Or would we have discerned and, and listened and been prepared to listen to our neighbour down the street who seemed just like one of us but spoke the very word of God. I think it's interesting how it says how Jesus only did a few miracles. For many of us, we'd be quite happy just to only see a few miracles happening in our life. I just wonder if maybe our unbelief, the fact that it's my brother, it's my sister, it's my neighbour down the road, it's, it's just my neighbour praying for me and our unbelief creeps in and we don't see what God wants for us. Just a thought. We've all got our critics. We've all got people who say this about us. They say that about us. People who may even doubt you, uh, make you doubt your own convictions about who you are. But what message do you want your life to speak? We can't always determine what people decide about us. But what message do you want your life to speak to those around you? My desire is that I would be a person that, that shows the love of God, that shows the, the, the joy of the Lord, that people would see that life comes from Jesus, that I wouldn't be like a person who sucks on lemons but enjoys life with God. What's your desire? Paul knew he had his critics. Those who mocked his preaching, they said he's, he's a great letter writer, but his preaching sucks. Like he, they, they say he's, he's, he's strong in, in, in letter, but when he comes, he's weak. They say oh, he's, he's really just a false apostle. He's not even a truly an apostle. So Paul begins his letter of Galatians reiterating his calling. He says, I'm an apostle called by Jesus Christ. Maybe some of us need to write ourselves a letter reaffirming who God has called us to be. If you don't journal, if you don't write things down, I encourage you to, to buy a journal buy a pen, put it somewhere and write in it. <laughs> write down the things that God speaks to you. I've got a bookshelf full of journals, the things that God's spoken to me in my life and, and from time to time I go back and look through things and, and I'm blown away at how I, I felt God stirring me to this thing and I'm thinking, how's this going to happen? And I'm writing it down and I'll go back and I read and I say, wow, God, you've made that happen. We have an amazing God. Maybe you need to remind yourself of who God, the amazing God, has called you to be. And then Paul goes on and he, as he tends to do, he gives us a hint as to where he's going with his letter. And he talks about how grace and peace be yours in Jesus Christ. Because his whole letter is about, hey guys, you've lost what it is to know grace and peace. And he goes on in verse 6 and 7, he says, I am shocked, I am shocked 
I think I, I should yell that because he's, he's shocked. He's shocked to the core that you are turning away, he says. You are already following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled. Let's God's, <coughs> let God's curse fall on anyone, anyone who preaches any other gospel, any other kind of good news that is not the good news. Let them be cursed. I wonder how many of us have unintentionally at times added things to the truth of the gospel. Maybe completely unintentionally, that we've in our minds allowed other thoughts to think, oh, it's, it's Jesus, but I've also got to do this and this and this. I wonder how many of us have, have communicated that to others through our lives, that we've said, yeah, Jesus is the way, but the way we live, the way we talk, we actually say, yeah, it's Jesus, but also you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. In Paul's time, it was the Judaizers who were trying to make the Christians obey all the Jewish laws. They said, you've got to be circumcised, you've got to obey all the, all the Old Testament covenants, you've got to uh, obey all the commands of, for the Jewish people, you've got to do these things. Some of them had come to faith in Jesus, but they're saying, you've also got to do these things. Come into line, guys. It's Jesus, but you've got to do this too. And Paul says, no way. Don't let them say it. It is not true. It is Jesus or it is not. If it's Jesus, let him be lifted up. Let's, let's, let's cling to the hope of the cross or, or there's no hope at all. Either Jesus did it all or he did not f- accomplish it. Is Jesus our saviour or did he die in vain? He did not die in vain. It's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Faith in him. I'm jumping way ahead. Martin Luther in the Reformation, preaching so often from Galatians, re-established that same truth that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. It is only by faith in Jesus Christ. It is totally by grace that we are saved. Now, I've had conversation with a few people, and just so those few of you know, it's not just you, there's a group, a a number of people I've spoken to, I'd say in the last six months, that that have communicated that I, I believe in Jesus, I believe what he did for me on the cross, but but surely I've got to show that I'm worthy as well. Surely I've got to I've got to do something as well. I, I believe it, but I've got, to, like, I've got to make right for the things I've done wrong. But that's what grace is. God's grace is that he died for a sinner like me. He died for a sinner like you. There's nothing that we can do to make us more worthy to God. It's by faith in Jesus Christ alone that we are saved. And... I say, hallelujah, amen, oh, thank you, Jesus, and I hope you do too. I wonder today, what is it, what are we told that we should find our hope in? In the world that we live in today, we have so many voices speaking into our world, so many things thrown at us day after day after day. What are we told to find our hope in? The Bible tells us that words are meaningless and have no power. Not. (laughs) The Bible says the exact opposite. It says, out of the heart the mouth speaks. Our words have power and reveal our heart. 
I wonder what do our words reveal about us, about us personally, but about us as a culture, about us as a people in this time and age? What do our words reveal about us? I wonder how many of us have heard someone say, oh man, I just need a coffee. I'm going to go see Rich and Jen. I just need a coffee. (laughs) And I've said that. I wonder how many of us have heard someone say, maybe not us, but I'm just dying for a holiday. I wonder how many of us have heard, I'm sure not at church, but I just can't wait to the weekend. We're just going to get smashed. And they're not meeting by the presence of God. I'll never forget in secondary school, I was walking to my graphics class and I was walking along with this guy and we were talking about the weekend and I said, oh, what'd you do? He said, oh, I got smashed. I'm like, oh, that was pretty silly. How are you, you feeling today? He's like, terrible. I'm like, well, that wasn't smart, was it? <laughs> he thought I thought it would be cool to get smashed. I'm like, no, man, that, that, that's not good. <laughs> I wonder how many of us have heard someone say, man, I just need a drink and they're not meeting coffee either. I just, I just need a beer, I just need a wine, I just need some way to escape, I just need my hope fulfilled, I just need some escape from this life. Our words reveal our heart. And I find that challenging because my words reveal my heart. And I know this, there's, there's words I've spoken that are spoken out of a heart of, of finding, trying to find peace in other things. I wonder if you're the same. I wonder how much is going on in that secret place in our heart that we don't even recognize. We don't even realize what's going on in our heart sometimes. I wonder if you've ever wondered how anyone could ever drift away from God. How could anyone could ever drift away from the love and mercy and grace of God? It's mostly ever only a small step after a small step after a small step that we ignore that, that prompting, we ignore that person, we ignore that thing that someone's speaking, we make an excuse for some behaviour, we make some excuse for why that verse isn't true for us. It's only ever a small step that we drift away from God. As we talked about last time though, God is able to bring healing. He is able to, to change the deepest Thing that's hidden away in the darkest corner of our life. He's able to surgically remove that thing. God, people talk about God's changing our heart, but He hasn't changed our heart. He's given us a new heart with new and right desires. And He just doesn't want to just give you, just help you along. He wants to give you a new heart with new and right desires. We're never too far gone for God. In verse 8, Paul continues and he says, Cursed be anyone who preaches any other message. Let's not contaminate the gospel, he's saying. Let's not contaminate the message because this is the power of God for salvation. If we preach Jesus plus anything, we've got the message wrong. We're leading people astray. It's Jesus plus nothing. It's faith in Him that brings salvation. It's faith in Him that changes us and makes us new creations in Christ. It's not Jesus plus a good life. It's not Jesus plus a good job. It's not Jesus plus a good reputation or anything else. Although the Bible certainly tells us that we, if we live lives that follow Christ, we will gain a good reputation. As Paul says in verse 3, May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Sorry, I just skipped a bit. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ 
give you grace and peace. In other words, he's saying, you know what, guys, if we don't find grace in Jesus, if we don't find our peace in him, if we don't find our joy in him, we won't find it. There's no other way to know God's grace and his peace than through Jesus Christ. Just skipping back to what I had up there just a moment ago. Oops, did I do that? Ah, I can do that with this. There you go. (laughs) If I press the wrong button, I wonder if I can get rid of it. No, I can't. (laughs) Uh, We'll just go back. There we are. Our mission here at CFC is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not to live and communicate the power of our Lord Jesus Christ and being a good person. It's to communicate the power of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. We want to live it, we want to communicate it through our lives, and we want to speak it and declare what he's done. As Paul says, May God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. It won't be found anywhere else. I wonder where do you turn when your heart is in turmoil, when your soul is, is crushed, when you're grieving, when you're just feeling so empty, when you're feeling alone, when you feel just in that secret place, it just feels so dark. I wonder where do you turn? Where do you go to? Where do you try and find peace in your heart? Do we turn to Jesus Christ, the only place that we will find grace and peace, true grace and true peace that will endure. Paul continues and reminds them again what he was like, how he violently persecuted the church, how zealous he was, and how he tried to destroy God's church. And he goes on in verse 15, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to, dere- to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. You know, we've had a great time in Bible college the last couple of weeks talking about God's blessings and how God has blessed us to be a blessing. We, we have heard the message that we might be the message. That's just a side note. Sign up for Bible college, it's great. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away to Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus, and three years later he went and talked to them. Did you realize it's only by God's marvelous grace that we are sitting in this room today? It's only by God's marvelous grace that you have heard the gospel, that you're here today, that you're hearing about what Jesus has done for you. It's only by His marvellous grace that we can know our Saviour and be people who call on His name and and, and can have assurance that we will spend eternity with Him in heaven. He wants you to have a revelation of His love. Paul's conviction wasn't in what the other apostles told him, it wasn't in what he'd been taught, it wasn't in, in anything else than what Jesus had spoken to him. He explains in verse 11, Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I have received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Jesus wants you to have a revelation of his love for you. He wants it to be a, a, a heartfelt revelation that you know that you know that you know. It's not just something you've heard, 
but you know that Jesus died on the cross for you, that he loves you unconditionally. There is nothing that will separate us from the love of God. Anyone who's called on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. We have sung songs this morning that we had, a, if, if, if we had a revelation about any one of those truths that we sang about, our life would be forever different. God help us to have a revelation of these things and not just let it be knowledge in our head. If we think about our life's message, the things that we want to see happen in our lives, through our lives, the message that people might hear from our life, I want to say if it's not about loving God and loving people, we have a problem. And it's a very big problem. As we looked at last time, we cannot serve two gods. If our desire in this life is not to live to glorify our God and Saviour, then we're living for a different God. As Paul says in verse 10, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Whose servant are we? In our heart of hearts, we know God bring revelation to our hearts if we're serving any other God but Jesus. The Bible says if we make ourselves our own God, if we make anything else our God, we will be judged. There is freedom found in no one else but Jesus Christ. This morning I believe God is asking us to lay down our lives again, to say, Jesus, forgive me for when I've tainted the message but when I've put my hope in anything but you. Now, God gives us amazing blessings that we can enjoy, and I enjoyed a coffee this morning, but my hope is not found in the things I can find on this earth. My hope is found in Jesus Christ. This morning, let's give it all up to Him this morning again. Let's ask God to bring revelation to our hearts day by day by day by day that we don't just live out of knowledge from yesterday, but day by day that we spend time with God, that we are aware of His presence and that we trust Him and that we walk in a, a, a revelation of these things. I was actually trying really, really hard to try and get a daily Bible reading plan done up again because I'm sorry, I let it slip. As a few of you have said to me, Andrew, when's that coming out again? And I've gone, yeah, maybe... <laughs> But I have a conviction that, and it's that we need to be reading the Bible day by day. And it's something that I promise you, I'm going to get that to happen. Unless I die this week, I am going to get that done. God help me, I've made a promise now. <laughs> but we need tools if we can't do it ourselves. We need to find ways to have God's Word sowing into our life that day by day we will have revelation as we read God's Word as we pray, as we have fellowship with one another. I'm going to finish. I'm going to ask the band to come. The Bible tells us so many times, if we seek Him, we will find Him. And I want to read to you some verses this morning that talk, just say exactly that. It's God's promise that if we seek Him with all of our heart, we will find Him. And maybe today in your, in your heart, in, the, in that secret place within you, you know there are so many desires other than just living to glorify God. And you desire that God would change that, that He would help you to, to, to live for His glory. 
And I believe this morning, if we will cry out to Him, He will hear our cry and He will answer your cry and He will bring revelation of who He is. He will stir a new excitement and a new passion to live for His name. I just want to read to you these verses. Deuteronomy, actually, if you guys, I'll try and keep up, but there's a lot. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. You will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you search after Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Proverbs 8, verse 17, God speaking. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Jeremiah 29, 12 and 14. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Maybe you need to claim that, that God's going to bring you back to that place of intimacy with Him today. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to those... To the one who knocks, it will be opened. 1 Chronicles 16.11 Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Lamentations 3 verse 25 The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. Isaiah 55 verse 6 and 7 Seek the Lord while He may be found. Are you getting the message? Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way. Let the unrighteous man his thoughts... For God will abundantly pardon. Psalm 119, With my whole heart I will seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Matthew 6.33, But seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. Jeremiah 29.13, Maybe I'll post these verses on Facebook later. Jeremiah 29.13, You seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Hebrews 11.6, I'm not going to read them all, there's too many. He rewards those who seek Him. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. Pray and seek my face. He instructs us. Turn from our wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins. Draw near to God and draw near to, He will draw near to you. May all who seek you rejoice. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. I've got heaps more. I'm going to stop. (laughs) One final one, Jeremiah 33, verse 2 and 3. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Let's call on our God day by day. Let's call on our Saviour. This morning, we're going to sing a song, Broken Vessels. It says, all these pieces, our life, our life, without God is in pieces. It says all these pieces broken and scattered. In mercy, God has gathered them up and we are mended and whole. 
We are empty-handed. We have nothing to bring. We have nothing to offer that would gain anything before God. We're empty-handed, but we are not forsaken. We've been set free by the blood of Jesus on the cross. Can we stand? And I ask you, will you declare it this morning? I've been set free. Remind yourself of what Jesus has done. Ask God for a revelation of His love again this morning. And let's sing this with all our heart. Thanks, guys.